Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Richard Dark, VP of Global Marketing at Nextgate. Richard, it's great to see you again. Great to have yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Great to be here. So before we jump into our discussion, just a quick little commercial for my podcast production company. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We are a full-service B2B podcasting agency. And we help brands just like yours use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic conversations with the people you need to get to know to grow your business. And you can learn more on our website at tribknowledge.com. Okay, so Richard, back to you. Tell us a little bit about your background in marketing and about... Yeah, sure. So I've... um... I started out actually in the advertising agency world as a graphic designer, um, working my way up to creative director and really had a lot of clients in the healthcare space and then had had the opportunity to kind of jump over, if you like, into the corporate side of things where the majority of my career has been involved with working with insurance companies and, and provider networks, hospital networks, so on and so forth. And uh, about about nine months ago, I joined Nextscape as their VP of Global Marketing. And what really kind of excited me about Nextscape was they're, they're a company that's actually been around for almost 25 years, but they they had this very kind of entrepreneurial uh, mindset, like you see in a startup. And that was that was very infectious for me. And that's really what makes helped me kind of make the decision to jump over and join the organization. Nextscape as an organization, what we do is we really have a solution that we developed ourselves called an EMPI. And that stands for Enterprise Master Patient Index. That's a long-winded way of saying what we do is we help organizations deduplicate their data records. So a lot of healthcare networks will have EHR systems, whether it's Epic or Cerner or a combination of those or another vendor. And we work with them to help really deduplicate that data to help them get to what we call is a singular best record, which is a piece of information that has no other duplicates connected to it. Okay. And, you know, I know when we talked a week or so ago, you told this to me, and, and that sounded really exciting because I, I think like anyone who's just ever been to the doctor, you always have to fill out all those forms. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. You're like, I've, I feel like I've done this a million times. This is the only place that makes me fill out a paper form. Like what's going yeah. on here? You know, so services like Nextgate, I think are, would be welcomed by pretty much everybody. Absolutely. And you, you actually hit it on the head. I mean, we, we realize that there's a huge patient need in the community around what, are, you know, they're not hugely stressful things, but having to fill out paper forms and things like that every time you go to the doctor is just, you know, it's just not a good use of time. So we've, we're actually focusing our efforts now on that consumer base and really looking to the future of what we're calling decentralized, right? So mm-hmm. centralized data is obviously something that's within an, an environment and it's owned by the environment. And data is, is a currency really in today's world. And mm-hmm. what we've realized is that the missing element to all of that is the consumer, right? Because if I was to say, well, Jeremy, who knows you better than you? 
Well, <laughs> it's no one, right? You, you know you, right? Yeah. So having that ability and then putting on top of that uh, a consumer application that I, I can't share too much about because it's still in development right now, but having a consumer application that directly affects the experience that you would have as a consumer with your provider is something we believe is a game changer. So we're really excited about the future. Yeah, I think my, my that that definitely would be. I mean, my favorite one filling out those forms is when they ask for your insurance information and they're like the address of your insurance provider. Who like, knows? Know right, who address. knows? Like, <laughs> do they even have an address? I don't know. Who cares? Like, yeah. This is ridiculous. Okay. Now you mentioned that you've been with a company for about mm -hmm. 9 months and you know, you were brought in as one of the first, maybe the first sort of professional marketing person to like build out you know, a modern day marketing right. team. So what did marketing look like before you arrived and how have you gone about modernizing things since you've been So there? I think uh, the primary focus of, of what we were doing in the past was very much based in, in thought leadership and, you know, the, the founders of Nextgate are, are software engineers. They're, they're very t intelligent, very intellectual people who, who really understand that environment. And as with anything, when it comes to sales and marketing, you, you tend to work and relate with what you know, you know. So a lot of the outbound marketing that we were doing was very much targeted to other software engineers and people in the IT world, and which was great, right? Obviously, we were doing something right because we've been in business for that long and um, we've got some great, great customers. But the one thing that I saw very quickly was we were relying on those software engineers and IT folks who are not salespeople to take our solution and then walk it into a leadership office and say, hey guys, we need this. And because of all these algorithms and everything else, this is why we should, should buy it. And unfortunately, even in the healthcare world, the people who are connected to budget and have authority to spend money, they're not necessarily technically acute to what's, what's being offered. Right. So we really had to turn our strategy on its head and change the focus of our audience from the IT software engineer mindset to business development, marketing, consumer engagement, all of those areas of an organization that would directly benefit from the work that we're doing. Okay. And, you know, I assume that that model of marketing to software engineers has worked to a certain extent. Like you said, the company's been around for 25 years, done pretty well. But I know, you know, healthcare has evolved during that time and gotten more complicated and the money is more complicated. So, okay. So, so how do you go about then developing new personas and kind of testing them out? In other words, th those people that the software engineers have to go to and say, hey, we need this. How do you know who those people are? And then once you get a sense of that, how do you go about strategizing around connecting? With so them? the first thing we do is really, you know, we, we don't have what I would call a traditional marketing and advertising channel, right? We're, we're strictly a B2B company. So we've, yeah. we've really focused in on <laughs> digital marketing as, as the main source of, of outbound marketing that we do. So it's a matter of number one, really understanding the trends and really listening to the marketplace to hear some of the problems that our potential customers are facing, right? And all around this topic of digital identity, data duplication. But then it's a matter of us thinking about, well, 
if we were able to help them fix that problem, what does that look like? And we've, we found, we've actually had great success in building personas around, again, VP, director level and above, anybody that's directly connected or engaged to a consumer. So, and, th- and that's a pretty big gamut as well, right? If you're looking at a, at a hospital mm-hmm. network, for example, that could be somebody in charge of business development at the clinic level, right? They're not, they're not necessarily mm-hmm. developing or thinking about campaigns for a consumer, but the consumer is definitely the beneficiary of whatever work they do, whether they're opening a new clinic, looking at what services are offered by a new clinic. And, and all of those, all of those determinations can be directly affected by having 100% accurate data of the community that you're trying to serve. Mm-hmm. So we look at that as really the, the conceptualization of how we approach marketing. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having a little humor. You know, so we, we post mm-hmm. videos out there to highlight some actual real life discrepancies. You know, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can see some of the stuff that we've done. But to give you a couple of examples, you know, we had one where, you know, you may have somebody that has the same name. Right. So a, a, a name mm-hmm. like Sean Ryan, for example. Right. Could be a male, could be a female. Right. You don't know just from the name. Right. Is it spelled S-E-A-N? Is it spelled S-H-A-W-N? Right. But, you know, real life uh, reality, something that actually happened is that somebody's EOB or explanation, explanation of benefits, as we call it, got, got mm. crossed. So you had mm. two people with the same sounding name getting each other's EOB. <laughs> actually happened, whoops. right? So that's a whoops, right? A couple, man and woman, male and female couple, the husband got a notification from a clinic that he was due for a new pap smear. Well, that's something a man <laughs> doesn't need to have, you know, exactly not, but because, right? because his wife <laughs> and himself had the same first initial in their first name, it uh, was crossed over. Mm-hmm. And again, duplicate records, inaccurate data, right? All of these little things. Mm. And you may think, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. I'm sure he just called and they got it figured out. Oh yeah. But look at the halo effect, right? How many extra hours yeah. of customer service time was there on the phone? How, how, what did it cost to adjust the data record, right? There's all of these little things that add up, which over time is hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we mm-hmm. look at those type of things and that's how we approach our marketing and build out those personas. Okay. So, and, and you know, I'd say too, if, if I got a letter and it was like, you're due for your pap smear, I mean, I might be like, okay, haha, funny. But also in my mind, I'm like, do these people exactly. know what they're doing? You know, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence if that happens, you know, a lot, a lot or even sure. more than once, right? So you don't want that to happen ever. So, okay. So you address those particular pain points. How do you learn about those pain points in the first place? You know, you said it's like careful listening and learning. But how do you do that? How do you find those things in the first place in order to build? Those well, a lot of it comes from, you know, relationships. You know, uh, it's 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 very interesting mm-hmm. to me when when people or when I'm in discussion groups and we talk about advertising in general, you know. So if you if you really think about it, the world of advertising has come full circle. So in the beginning, decades ago, right, advertising was word of mouth. Well, guess what? It's actually come back to that. That's the world we live in today. It's just done through a social media platform. 
So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting involved. So for me and my team, we get involved in LinkedIn discussion groups. We get involved in different marketing automation discussion groups, healthcare provider conferences, online webinars, any, any and all outlets where we can really hear what's going on in the marketplace. And you know, I, I refer to some members of my team as, you know, they're really in investigative journalists. I mean, that's really what they're doing mm-hmm. because they're going out there and really kind of putting their, their ear to the road and listening to what's going on. But there's no... Yeah, I like that yeah. analogy as, as a form... I'm no, sorry, no, no, no. I was just saying it's, it's, it's really, it's a lot of hard work, but there's no, there's no magic pill. There's no magic button. You know, you've just got to go out there and dig it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that analogy as, as a former journalist. It's, I, I think there's a lot of crossover. And I think, in fact, sometimes journalists can make good marketers because it's all about listening in on an ongoing conversation. And then even for content creation, right, that some of the best content is not just, well, here's what we think, our company, but here's what we're, we're hearing from everybody else. So in discussion with these experts out, out in the field, you know, we're able to kind of report back and, and that, so yeah, that, that makes total sense. So, so how do you know when you're developing a persona, how do you know when to pivot and, you know, to say, okay, this kind of persona that we thought was going to lead us in the right direction towards the people we need to talk to turns out not to be like, how do you know that? What are the signs that you need to adjust? Normally it's the, the engagement that we get from the campaign. So as I said, we, you know, we utilize, you know, a couple of different SaaS platforms for our, you know, marketing automation and, and CRM database, things like that. But because we have what, what I would call very hyper-focused account-based marketing campaigns, we can very quickly see if an audience is responding to a certain type of message. So the first thing we do is we'll look at the at the report and we look at those really at a weekly effort. So it's not it's not daily because there's just there's not enough data to really do anything on a daily basis. But weekly, we look at the at the at the data that we have. And in some cases, it might be a different mix of the message. It might be a different message that, or it could be a certain message that's not resonating. Uh, it could be the wrong audience for that particular organization. There's a lot of things that come into into discussion and, and how we approach things. But sometimes simply pivoting to a new message wins over. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's that's an iterative Very process. Get stuff out there, test it out, get the feedback, yeah. as you said, adjust, and then and then right. see how it goes. So, okay, so to broaden things out a little bit, what's a marketing trend or a channel or a strategy that you think is maybe a little bit overrated? Hmm. You know, I, I always this is this is one that comes up a lot actually, and especially when we're talking to to customers and and vendors as well. You know, where they'll kind of dictate one or the other. I'm I'm not sure that there is one thing better than another or one thing worse than another. I think a lot of it depends on what is it you're actually trying to do. So for our, for our line of business, you know, we're very much focused on digital identity, data accuracy, right? All of those things. But I'm not necessarily thinking about, well, if I'm, 
am I going to get better results with an email-based campaign or a social media video campaign or a general awareness campaign? I like to make sure that we have, I guess, for me, it's looking at trends within the channels. So, mm-hmm. you know, for our for our brand, I have constant messaging just being put out there. And I view that as a simple channel, which basically affects the awareness and the image of our brand. So putting those two things together at a very high level, pushing it out there to just say, hey, if you're if you're thinking about an EMPI, whether it's to update a legacy system, whether it's to implement one, whether you may think you do or do not need an, an EMPI system, talk to us. We can definitely give you all the information you need. But then the next level down is that more targeted account-based marketing. And I would say we've had more success with focused LinkedIn campaigns that directly connect to email marketing campaigns, which offer what we call premium content. So as an example, Mm -hmm. we would build out a campaign. It would have a landing page with a simple demo form that people would fill out, you know, the information, but they're filling that information because we're giving them access to premium content, which may be a case study. It may be a white paper. It could be our, our buyer's guide tool. We've had great success giving this tool to a lot of potential customers because it really helps them kind of understand and gauge what they're looking for. You know, one of the, one of, one of the things that I would say, though, is a definite trend for us is helping potential customers understand or find out things that they didn't know they didn't know. You know, mm. a lot of customers that we talk to, they're like, yeah, well, you know, our legacy, we, our EMPI system is pretty old. You know, we need to update it. And I guess we need to, you know, we need to be in the cloud. Everybody's in the cloud. We need to be in the cloud. Well, okay. Mm. Yeah. Let's, but let's talk about that. Right. Do you need to be in the cloud? Let's, let's talk about the benefits of being in a cloud or having something that's installed on your premises, right? There's pros and cons to all of that. So for us, mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if you really wanted to single out a trend, I would say it, it's, it's clearly listening to a customer's need and really helping them understand if that's the true need or if it might be something else. Okay. Yeah, I like that. It's like next, next level, level value. value. Not just responding and saying, okay, you say you need this. Here you go. Right. You can do that. But but actually pushing a little bit, like the challenger model, like yeah. challenge, even challenging a little bit and saying, like, well, that's, do you really need that? But why? Why do you think? Well, and also, and well, and also helping it. them understand. And again, this, this applies to any any type of marketing, especially, you know, if, if I'm looking to implement a new piece of software or a SaaS subscription, whatever it may be, the traditional thought of process is, right, I'm going to go out and get three bids. I'm going to talk to three different companies, get three bids and see yeah. where we are, which is great. And what I like to do during that process is have that conversation with a customer where they'll say to us, well, you know, your competitor says that, you know, their, their magical black box is artificial intelligence. I said, oh, you know, AI, there's a word. That, right yeah there's there's a phrase I, I need to do that they say ai we need them because they're ai and it's a cloud so all right but let's, let's talk about ai what does that actually what mean, does that right? actually mean? And, right. and and i really break it down to you know we've already dis, we've already agreed that your data is a currency has high value right and do you really want to trust that data to a magical black box that you have no input on 
or would you rather have something that gives you full ownership and full accessibility? And again, it's in, in some cases, no, in some cases, mm. yes. But, you know, we, we put that information and again, that's not during the sales process. We put that out as part of our outbound marketing, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we yeah. realize that the more open, the more transparent, the more credible we are in a marketplace, the, the better chances we have of securing a customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Really good content marketing, C- content that helps helps prospects think through their problem in right. a deeper way, a different way, and consider possible solutions in, in a different way without necessarily trying to sell them on any one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm directly connected to our sales team, you know, as any as any marketing marketing shop yeah. is. We we don't even use the words we mm. actually don't even mm-hmm. use the word presentation. When we engage with a prospective customer, we're building a relationship and we're having a conversation with them. We're not sitting down. We're mm-hmm. not going to say, all right, guys, you are going to sit down and, and let us wade through 45 slides so we can show you how great we are. And oh, then by the way, you know, you know yeah. it, it doesn't help anybody, right? And, you know, right. What, what we found through, just through years of doing this is once, a, once somebody is, has made the decision to request a demo from you, they pretty much know as much about you as they want to know, you know, you don't have to go back into it and say, you know, we're in 45 countries and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, yeah, but nobody cares. cares. Their their time is valuable and they want to really understand how can we help them with their issue. And, and that's, that's really been a winning combination for us. So that's what we focus on. Yeah. Makes sense. I can see why. Well, Richard, a lot more, a lot more we could discuss, <laughs> yeah. but uh, okay. I'm going to let you go. So thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank really you so much. It. Appreciate it. Have a great day. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.